Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience or at church1132.com. We're going to jump into this word, and uh, I, I really believe God's going to speak to you today. New series, uh, Take It By Force. This is Take It By Force, part one. We're going to go to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 11. We're going to read a verse there that is oftentimes misunderstood, uh, but I want, I want to give it to you, and I want to break it down for you today. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, in the New King James Version, it says, New King James is his honor of Cleveland's win last night. If you know, you know. All right, eight seconds on the clock, LeBron James, you know, it's over. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, says, And from the days of John the Baptist until right now, not just then when it was written, but right now, current day, until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Why don't you turn to someone next to you and just say, take it by force? Most people don't like talking in church, but sometimes you just got to do it. You just got just to break the ice. And, and, and for the 40% of you that didn't do it, now it's your turn. Just say, take it by force to somebody. You can say it to yourself if you want. Take it, take it, by, take it by force. You know, this is kind of an interesting concept when you talk about the kingdom of God and you talk about it suffering violence because people really wonder, like, so, so what exactly does this mean? The kingdom of God is suffering violently, and violent people are taking hold of it. So, so what exactly is this kingdom and what exactly is our role? I, I want to talk about this today because I believe in this is hidden a key for me and for you in just overcoming actually very simple things in life. It really to do anything that we need to do, we need something that's outside of us. I, I don't know about you, but, but life, can, life can just hit you in the right spot, can it? I mean, life can just come at you. I don't know if you ever felt like really discouraged before, or maybe you've been hit by tragedy in the past, or, or maybe something's happened that's just kind of rattled you or shaken you. Life just has a way of getting to everybody. No one is exempt from life's pain. No one. The Bible says the rain pours on the just and the unjust alike. It just, it just, just happened. Life happens. In this verse, it says, in the kingdom of God suffers violent. This word in the Greek, it actually means uh, to take by force. It actually means to burst on the scene. It means, really, it could be translated this way. The kingdom of God comes intentionally. It shows up intentionally. And intentional people lay hold of it. So you, you, could, you could very easily say that the kingdom of God has shown up on the scene and people who are serious about it take hold of it or take it by force. I don't know if you remember this, but uh, back in the day, okay, so like if you're young in here, you might, you might not even remember this, but anybody remember when you couldn't pause TV? You know, you know what I'm talking about? Like, like you would arrange your whole schedule around the show that you wanted to watch. And so you, you, you'd say, man, dinner got to be done. Everything's got to be ready because we're watching this show tonight. And everybody gather around and you would start it. And then the commercial would happen, right? And then you'd have to go do something during the commercial or you'd have to watch it. Heaven forbid, you actually have to watch commercials. I mean, it was, it was awful. And, and, and then this invention came, right? Like TiVo, TiVo came out where you could actually, you could pause live TV. And some of the young people are like, wait, you, there was a time you couldn't? Yeah. It, I mean, for real, like you couldn't pause it. It just went on. 
It was just happening. It's just like you had to just catch it when you wanted it because it would just happen. That show would go without you, believe it or not. It would. It would play whether you watched it or not. It was happening. But when, when providers started giving the customer the opportunity of when to watch, what to watch, everything began to change. All of a sudden, what was once only accessible in the time slot that the provider chose now was accessible to us anytime we wanted. Like, I can watch LeBron James make that game-winning shot as many times as I want. I can rewind it and watch it again. I can rewind and watch it again. All these people that didn't watch the game, you could go watch it today too because you can get it on demand. All right? You can just find it. If you got DirecTV, you can just find it on there. You can play the game again. Uh, ESPN will probably re-air it. You could record it. And it's amazing what we can do now that we can pause it because now the content that is available is not dependent on the provider providing it. The content that is available is now dependent on the customer who wants it. I'm going to tell you this. This is the most accurate picture of the kingdom of God. In, in the Old Testament, the kingdom, the kingdom of God was accessible only when God decided it was going to be accessible. The Bible says that the spirit of God would come upon the prophets. They didn't just get to prophesy whenever they wanted. The spirit of God would come upon them. It was, it was time for their show. And it was, it was, it got, God would press play and the show would play because he had control over whatever content was being released in the earth. Now, some of you are getting unsettled because you're like, wait, is God on, in control? Where, where's, where's this guy going with this? Has God lost control now? No, what happened was that when the kingdom of God came onto the scene, it became available to me and to you. So now we have access to a kingdom based on our need and based on our time and based on the situation that we have. What was only accessible when God just decided it to happen, now in the hands of the believer, it is actually accessible. Now, I know when we're talking about the kingdom, some people are like, how does this kingdom work? Like, like is Jesus like the king, King Jesus? Yeah, kind of. It's true. And uh, is it like, do I have to listen to the president or can I just focus on King Jesus? A lot of people are asking that question, but um, it, it's just, just focus. it is a kingdom, the Bible says. And the Bible says the kingdom of God suffers violence. The, way it sa- the reason it says it that way is because the kingdom of God had to overcome the kingdom of darkness in order to be available on the earth. The Bible says that this world is in the hands of the evil one. I wish God, it was in God's hands. It's not. It's in the evil one's hands. That's why bad things happen. Why do bad things happen to good people? Because a bad person is in charge of the world. Evil is in the world. But the kingdom of God showed up in Matthew chapter 11, and the Bible declares that John the Baptist, from the days of John the Baptist until now. Now, when we're talking about violence, like, it's not really the the word you want to describe, like the kingdom of God. Like, what kind of church do you go to? Violent? I mean, it's just like, it would be biblical, but it's not exactly the one you want to share. Like, like, like what's one word you can describe your pastor with? Violent. It's like, that's, that's not what I'm going for. You know, that's, that's not, how's your worship? Violent. I mean, it's like, that's not, we like being expressive, but violence probably not where we're trying to go. Uh, Jesus wasn't even really considered violent. I mean, you wouldn't think of Jesus, you know, it's got his long brown hair and his blue eyes, which was not really accurate, but that's how the pictures show him. He had carrying a lamb around his shoulders, you know, it's like, that's not, that doesn't really look violent. John the Baptist might be considered violent. Uh, the Bible says he ate locusts and honey, which uh, for all you guys diet fad people, you should try this one. 
I know you got all the, you know, you got the all ketones and you got the macros and micros or whatever you're doing. You should try locusts and honey. That, that, one might, it, that one might be like, it might take off. You could actually, you could start a little pyramid scheme, everything. Like you can, you can, you can make some money off it. Just cut me in. Cut me into the deal. You heard it right here. Locusts and honey diet. Uh, Bible says he actually wore camel hair. Like that was, that was his fashion sense. So John the Baptist, you might think a little bit like, yeah, that guy's a little violent. But when the Bible talks about violence, it wasn't the violence that we think about. It's, it goes back to the definition that we already talked about. It meant intentional. It meant that it, that it took over. It took by force. It had the force, and it took the force to overcome what was, over, what was coming against it. It overcame the obstacle. So the kingdom of God overcame the kingdom of darkness so that the kingdom now could be accessible here on earth for me and for you. And the Bible says, and violent people take hold of it. So better translation would be, and forceful people or intentional people take hold. So not only did the kingdom of God overcome the kingdom of darkness to be available, but you and I have to overcome some things in order to lay hold of it. There is this working together that the kingdom of God has that is so imperative to us actually walking in everything that God wants us to walk in. But you know how most believers, this, I'll just be honest with you, most believers, we just want to like, we, we kind of live under the wait and see theology. Well, I'm just waiting on God, brother. I'm just waiting on God to just drop it into my pocket. I'm just waiting on God. Listen, I know the Bible says to wait on God, but you have it completely out of context if you think that you're just going to wait on God for God to give you joy, wait on God for God to provide for you, wait on God for God to give you uh, uh, some type of freedom from your addiction. Your way. No, you have to actually have some ability, some intentionality. You have to, this is what the series name is, you have to take it by force. I'm not telling you you got to be violent, but you do have to learn how to be intentional. Because this kingdom thing, you've got to overcome your own flesh. You have to overcome your own desire. And you've got to take what has now been made accessible to you. The kingdom of God. The, there is a battle over the kingdom of God. And there is a battle over us accessing that kingdom. There's a battle over the kingdom. And there's a battle over us accessing that kingdom. Matthew chapter 10. Verse 5 in the message translation, it says this. Jesus sent his 12 harvest hands out with this charge. Don't begin by traveling to some far off place to convert unbelievers. And don't try to be dramatic by tackling some public enemy. Hashtag politics. Hashtag Facebook. Just, anyways. Go, go to the lost. Confuse people right here in the neighborhood. Tell them that the kingdom is here. Pause right here for a second. In order to tell them that the kingdom is here, you got to know what the kingdom is. We got a lot of people telling people that, hey, brother, the kingdom's here. Hey, the kingdom's here. Like, what does that mean? Like, for real, like, like what, is that, what does that actually mean? I don't know, but the kingdom's here. Sing it again. Choir, the kingdom's here. The kingdom's here. The king like, what is this kingdom? And what does it mean for me? In my nine to five and my seven kids. and Well, that's a little extreme, but what, however many you have, all right? How does it correlate with my life? And this is what Jesus says. He says, tell them that the kingdom is here. Then he describes what the kingdom is. Bring health to the sick. Raise the dead. Touch the untouchables. Kick out the demons. You have been treated generously, so live generously. 
I want, I want to help somebody. What is the kingdom? The kingdom is a power that's outside of you. Everything in our life and everything in our culture gets us to try to settle what's inside of us by what's around us. But the only thing to heal what is inside of you is something that is way outside of you. It's outside of this world. It's outside of this earth. It is the kingdom of God. It is what he has made accessible to us to be able to walk through life's challenges. Now we're going somewhere today, and I'm going to get really practical. You just got to hold on just for a couple minutes because I'm going to get real practical with you as we close this thing and how this applies to your day-to-day life. But you've got to understand that there is a kingdom. That there is a kingdom of God, and it is accessible to us. The kingdom contains divine ability to overcome natural obstacles. The kingdom is opposed by the enemy, but can't be overcome by him. The kingdom is accessible, now hear this, to those who put a demand on it. The kingdom of God is not something that you get packaged up, gift-wrapped, and given to you when you say yes to Jesus. The kingdom of God is something that you get access to when you give your life to Jesus. There's a difference. Because many believers, come, they come to church and they leave church, and they're wondering why they didn't get what they expected, why they didn't get what they wanted. And the, the truth of the matter is, it was there. But they waited for God to like shove it down their throat or shove it into their heart, and they didn't take it for themselves. That's why we're talking about take it by force. Is if, if you need joy, I know the joy giver. If you need peace, I know the peace giver. If you need provision, I know the provider. But you're going to have to you're going to have to take it. You're going to have to be forceful. You're going to have to be intentional. There's going to have to be something in you that lays hold of what God made available. If you're going to heal the sick, you need something outside of you. I don't know about you, but I can't heal the sick. I can't raise the dead. I, 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 can't, I can't do these things that Jesus said that we need to do. But Jesus knew something that some of us don't acknowledge. Is that to do these things that he's commanding us to do, he's also equipping us with the ability to do them. Not that I can do it in dust and strength, but now I have the power to do it from his strength. He's giving me access to an ability that I could not have on my own. Let me say it this way. God always empowers what he commands. I want you to heal the sick. That's his command. He also, that, that word also comes with an empowerment for you to do it. God will never ask you to do something that he's not already equipping you to do. God will never ask you to accomplish something that he has not put in you the ability to accomplish. But if you're just waiting on it, you could wait a long time. I, I see too many believers like just, just waiting. Just waiting. I mean, just, just, just waiting. Like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. One of these days, I'm going to be free, Pastor. One of these days. Oh, boy. What? Ten years go by. Fifteen years by. Still waiting. Just still like, oh, I'm still here. Still singing. Praise God. But I'm waiting. The kingdom of God suffered violence because it had to do some work to get available. And the Bible says in violent people take hold of it because it's going to take some... It's going to take something from you. It's going to require something from me to take hold. I hear people say all the time, well, Pastor, remember there's no striving. Remember, grace, there's no striving, which is all out of context. The the striving, the striving is like I've got to do something to be saved. That's striving. i got to be better. i got to do good. i got to be righteous. That's striving, friend. 
I got to get in the presence of God, just work at it, lift my voice. Like that, that's striving. But taking it by force is saying, you know what, I, I don't feel like worship, worshiping today, but I'm going to worship. I don't feel like being grateful, but I'm going to be grateful. I don't feel like, well, pastor, that's just like, that's just like faking. No, it's not faking. It's taking what's available. I'm not acting in my own strength. I'm taking from his strength and declaring, I'm going to start walking in this thing that you have been made available to me. How do you know that he hasn't given you the power to heal the sick if you've never prayed for a sick person? I think I would like feel it or something like it just like comes over me now. You know the greatest miracles that God's ever done through my life have been times when I haven't felt anything. God's looking for availability and obedience over talent, over, over a degree, over theology, over... I'm, I'm serious right now. God, God, the Bible says God spoke through a donkey. King James Version says something else, but I'll leave that one for your own imagination. He says he... Got to use anything. It's not super special. Like, I, I don't need to, like, pat myself on the back for, like, wow, dust did God use you today. God used the donkey. Like, we don't need to get all puffed up about God using us. He's not looking for a big pedigree. God's looking for an available people and an obedient people that say, God, I don't have it in me. I don't have it in my own strength, but I know you have it. So I'm going to walk in faith and believe that what you've made available to me is working through my life. And I'm going to count on you and I'm going to rely on you. And I'm going to put myself so far out in faith that you got to come through or I'm going to really mess up. That's what faith does. Faith puts you off the edge. So it says, yeah, I can't do it in my own ability. I, 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 need, I need you, God. I, I, I need you. God always empowers what he commands. See, see, the kingdom is like this resource center. I mean, it's just like, it's, it's like Amazon. Right? It's just any, anything. I got this problem. I told you about it before. Like this Amazon thing is just it's dangerous. One, one click pay. It's dirty right there. That's just, I mean, it's just like, mm, whoa, oh, I just bought that. It's be here tomorrow. Okay, sorry, Jamie. Like, oh, bought another. I mean, it's, I mean, it's just, it just, it's, it's too easy. You know that Amazon never sent me anything that I didn't order. Never. I mean, they never just said, hey, today's your lucky day. Here you go. Hey, here's that thing you were looking for that you didn't need that you're going to buy on Amazon. Here you go. You ever, that ever happened to anybody? Hey, here, here's this, here's that. No, I had to order it. Do you know what believers do? Believers sit around waiting for that Amazon to show up. Oh God, if you loved me, you would know that I need new light bulbs for my living room and they'd show up on my porch. No, you actually have to like say, hey Alexa, order new light bulbs for the living room. Well, I don't strive, Pastor. Yeah, and you don't have anything, and you're not going to get anything. Uh, is that too much striving for you? No, it's being intentional. It's not about striving. It's about being forceful. It, it, it's about putting in the order on what you need. It is about relying on the God you serve who has bigger power than what you contain, and you need a demand. You need to put a demand on that power. 
And he has made it available to you by the kingdom of God being intentional about being available to me and to you. The kingdom of God is this. The kingdom of God is good news. It's actually the gospel. It's the gospel of good news, which means Jesus came. Jesus came, and because Jesus came, Jesus said that he had to leave. And because he left, the Holy Spirit came. In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit was poured out on all, all flesh. Everybody, everybody, anybody can have access to the power of the Holy Spirit. With the power of the Holy Spirit, that is the access to the kingdom of God in whatever situation that you walk through. Let's just talk about it practically. What does the kingdom of God do? The kingdom of God is power for your purpose. It's power for your, you ever felt like God had something big for you to do in your life, but you just kind of like wondered how you were going to be able to do it? You, 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 ever, you ever thought about like some kind of dream or aspiration? You're just like, man, that'd be great. I think God could use me to do that. But then you think, oh man, I don't know how I'd afford that. I don't know how I could actually do that. I don't know if I'm gifted enough to do that. I, and the excuses come. So, so this is something you have to know about God's call. God's call is accompanied by God's power. That there would never be something that God would ask of you that he has not already given you the power. So that doesn't mean I can just walk into a calling and automatically be strong. That means I need to walk into a calling dependent, relying, forceful, intentional, and saying, God, I thank you that I have every, I got to pull it down. I got to pull it into my life. How do you pull it into your life? With your faith. Well, that sounds like a lot of just like faith talk. That's exactly what it is. You know that we have whole sects of people, like whole groups of people in the Christian faith that are around different ideas of thought or different ideas of faith. And then they are combatant against other ideas of thought. So, like, it's really bad in our world because there's this total, like, uh, there's this total, like, really a wrong use of faith. So now there's this hyper faith movement. So now if you say, like, you got to just have faith and believe, everyone's like, well, I'm not like one of those blab it and grab it people, Pastor. I'm not one of those name it and claim it people. So now because of a title, we abandon the power of the concept. Name it and claim it is, comes from bad motives. James says the reason that you pray and don't get what you ask for is because you ask with wrong motives. It clears, the Bible will actually answer the questions that you have. If you don't just take one scripture and put a theology around it, the Bible will actually answer the questions and really bring truth out of what you believe. But the Bible does say that we can have faith in something. Actually, faith is having ability or trust in something that you can't see. Well, if I don't feel it, I'm not going to believe it. Then you can't have faith. Because that's what faith is. It is believing in something that you cannot see. How do I access the power of God? Through faith. So that means God's called me to do something. Okay? Just practically. God calls me to do something. I don't feel like I'm gifted enough. I don't feel like I'm able. I'm feeling insecurity. So now I just pull on what is available. Would you actually feel better? Sometimes not. Do you actually feel like confidence coursing through your veins? Sometimes not. You know, there have been times to speak where I felt like, man, I don't know if I could do this. I don't know if I can, I just don't know if I have the strength, or I don't know if I have the ability. I don't know, and I move in confidence, not in my confidence, in confidence that he's got 
what I need for the thing that he just called me into. Luke chapter 1, verse 37. It says, for no word from God will ever fail. No word. That word is actually, in the, in the Greek, is rhema, which is expressed word, spoken word, or living word. So anything that God speaks to you, he is not going to let fail. That would be against his character and against his life. So if God says you're going to do this, if he said it, he's actually going to give you the power to accomplish it. Any word from God also contains the power to accomplish it. Power for your purpose. The, the, the second thing that, 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 that the kingdom offers us is strength for your suffering. This, this one's personal to me and I, I, probably to many people in this room, but, but strength for your suffering. You, you know when life hits you in just the right way that it can shake you. Sometimes it can shake your faith. Sometimes it can shake your, your, your belief even in the goodness of God. It can, it can, it can, it can rattle you. Even, even some of the people that I respect the most have been hit by life at times where their faith has been rattled to a point where they just, man, I don't know. Maybe you've lost a loved one. This is where I see people really get turned, side, turned sideways is when that they've lost something. Suffering. Suffering. You know that life... Life is just going to cause us to suffer. I was talking to someone who lost their, their dad, a guy that he lost his dad, and his dad was advanced in years. I mean, just he was, he was old. He, he lived a great life, but his heart was broken. You know, that's just, that's just the reality. It doesn't matter how, many, how old someone is. This is why you should never excuse someone's loss as, oh, they lived a great life. No, it's still loss. There still is this place of grief that happens in the heart when we lose something. And in that suffering, this is just what's so amazing about the kingdom. In that suffering, God provides strength. God actually, do you know what the Bible says in Nehemiah chapter 8? It says that the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy, so I have to have strength, but how do I have strength? Joy. The joy of the Lord. Well, how do I have joy? In the midst of everything going on around me, James says this, James chapter one, this isn't going to feel good at first, okay, so just, I'm just warning you. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. I mean, we want that to say like, when, consider it pure joy whenever you get a promotion at work. Hallelujah, brother. Rejoice. God's good. He's the provider. No, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Did you know the things that you're going through right now are actually completing you? Like, like the pain that you're walking through right now in this room at this moment, watching right now, whatever you're walking through, I want you to know this, that the Bible says, if you could consider it joy, how would you ever consider suffering joy? No, I don't consider what happened joy, but I understand that because of what I'm going through, I'm going to have a better understanding of who God is, and I'm going to understand that he's close to me. The Bible says that a broken and contrite heart, he will not despise. You know when I have really recognized God's goodness, God's grace, God's comfort, is not when everything was going great. 
I've recognized that God will never leave me when I went through the storm of my life and he was right there with me. I recognized that God was with me when my heart was breaking and he was close to me. I recognized that God was with me, not in the good times, but in the bad times. And that, my friend, is how you know. That is how you know there's strength in the suffering. It's not in the good times. It's when you actually suffer that he's close to you. And how is he close to you? It's by the demand that you put on him when you need him. Need could be the greatest thing in your life. I don't want to have any needs. Need could be the greatest thing in your life. Because when you need him, it's like you put the order in. It's, 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 it's like... You, you, you press the button, one click pay, God, I need you. You know, you know how you have joy is not when joy like, sh- you show up at church and somebody like hands you a package and like, we're so glad you came to church today. We're so glad you served God for the last 32 years. Here's joy. It's not that. It's, man, I'm suffering. Man, I'm in pain. Man, I'm hurting. I think I might just choose joy today. I'm going to choose joy today. I'm going to be grateful today. I'm going to be great. I'm not grateful for what happened. I'm grateful for, in spite of what's happening, that God is going to get me through this. He's given me strength in the middle of my struggle. He's given me strength in the middle of my suffering. That's who God is, and that's what he makes available to us. God is on your side, and he has given you everything you need to make it through what you're facing right now. God doesn't always take it away, but he'll make sure you get through it. I remember when the four Hebrew children, three Hebrew children were thrown in the fire. The, the, the Bible says that they actually got thrown in the fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they actually got thrown into the fiery furnace. You learned this in Sunday school. Like they got thrown in. See, we think Christianity means that I avoid that. But they serve God and got it. And you know what the Bible says? It says that when they came out of the fire, they didn't smell like smoke. There were no burns on their body. And the only thing that was burnt up was the thing that bound them. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe in the middle of your struggle, in the middle of your suffering, what God is doing is freeing you from the things that bound you, that teaching you that even when you pass through the fire, you will not be burned. And even when you walk through the water, you will not be overtaken. He's teaching us that he is our our supply. He is everything that we need. He is our all-sufficient one. He is our provider. That's what God is teaching us in the midst of our suffering. You don't learn this in peaceful times. You don't learn this when you've avoided the suffering. You learn it right in the midst of it. When you put a demand on it and he's there and he's close and he's near. That's our God. His heart breaks for you in the midst of your struggle. He's not a God that runs out of care or runs out of compassion. He's not a resource that can be expended. He's God. If he gave you $10, he didn't have $10 less. He still has $10. He's unexhaustible. If he gave you $100, he wouldn't be $100 less. He's not a a lake. He's a spring. A spring of living water. You can take a cup of water out of a spring and be like, it it doesn't doesn't matter. It doesn't take away from what it has. it's, It's consistent. That's what's available to us in the kingdom. Do you know that many people never experience that? Because they've never learned to take hold of it. They've never learned to take it by force. 
If you never pray for someone, you don't know if you got power or not. If you never reach out, you don't know if you got anointing or not. If you never step out of the boat, you never know if God's going to hold you up or not. You, you don't know. Peter didn't take a rock in the boat and throw it on the water and be like, oh, didn't sink. I'll try this. No, it was all faith. He did not know if he was going to go down or not. That, Peter stepping out of the boat, is probably the, one of the greatest pictures of how you access the kingdom. I'm in this situation right now. I choose to step out of the situation. Still up. Still up. That's the greatest testimony to the world. You know that? The greatest testimony to the world is not your theology. In fact, I've never argued someone into the kingdom of God. Ever. I've argued with people. I've talked to them about theology. I've never argued someone into the kingdom of God. In fact, I think I've probably hurt people. I've probably pushed people away. By trying to argue theology. You know, I used to respond to emails when people email me about theology and their thoughts and wrong thoughts and, and what I should be teaching. I don't even respond to people that email me about theology anymore. So some of you are wondering why you didn't get email back. Yeah, it's like, I'm not going to discuss it. Because we start majoring on minors. Do you know when you can see my theology at work? is in a mess. And when I can stand up in the midst of a storm with a smile on my face, people say, yeah, I'd like to know that theology. I don't want a theology that sits behind the computer screen and can share it all day and get a couple retweets. I want theology that works in the middle of my storm. I want theology that works in the middle of my loss. I want theology to work in the middle of my bankruptcy. I want theology that's actually functional. I don't want it just to be argumentative. I want it to be actually demonstrated. I want a real, real theology. That's really the last thing that the kingdom does. It's, it's so evident, but, but the last thing the kingdom does is, is it's, it's miracles for your mess. Ever had a mess? Maybe you got one today. You walk in with a mess, trying to un, untie it, trying to figure it out, trying to wrap your head around, trying to run it again, look at it again. How am I going to get out of this mess? The only way to get out of a natural mess that you have, you've exhausted your resources. The only way to get out of a natural mess is a supernatural resource. And that, my friends, is what the kingdom is. It is a supernatural resource. Yeah, you got a mess. We're not denying you got a mess. We're not denying that you have pain. We're not denying that you have a struggle. But hidden in that struggle is all the power that you need if you could put a demand. I'm not saying he's going to take away the fire. I'm not saying he's going to take away the struggle. I'm not saying he's going to take away the suffering. I'm not saying he's going to take away the mess. I'm saying this, that the kingdom of God is your resource. And if you would lay hold of it by faith, that you're going to walk through fire and not be burned, that you're going to walk through situations and not be affected. The things that you thought would take you out are going to fail to take you out because there's something on the outside of you that is ministering to the inside. Do you know where our world has it wrong? Is we try to find something inside of us to fix inside of us. That's the problem of our world. So we think we can find it. Enough counseling sessions, enough, enough drugs, enough supplements, enough this, enough that, enough success, enough money. Enough. Uh, none of those things are bad. None of them bad in and of themselves. They all purposes, all that kind of stuff. But nothing, no thing can do what God can do. Nothing. Nothing. 
Last scripture, Luke chapter 12. It's in the message as well, verse 29. It's going to sound a little contradictory when I say it, but I'm going to explain it to you. Jesus says this. After he said about the kingdom being violent, he said this. What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. Violent? Relax? Not be so preoccupied with getting so you can't respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. But you know both God and how he works. Steep yourself in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Don't be afraid of missing out. You're my dearest friends. That should comfort somebody right there. The Father wants to give you the very kingdom itself, which he means that all the resources of heaven you can have by taking it by force. Let me tell you what happens when a violent person, an intentional person, I want to tell you this. When a violent person enters the scenario, the odds change. Or let me say it this way. When a man of faith or a woman of faith enter the scenario, the odds change. You know who you want with you on, this, on your sickbed? is not the theological expert. No, no, no. You want somebody that knows how to pull down heaven. You don't want somebody that can give you the Romans road, that can give you all homiletics and the hermeneutics and the eschatology. You want somebody that can stand beside you and pull on heaven and bring a miracle down to earth. You need somebody that can rely on God to walk in power and the things that you can't do naturally. God will provide supernaturally. He is the miracle in the midst of your mess. So I'll close with this. God will not give to you what you are not willing to take. Well, I thought God was all about giving. Right, right. But giving and receiving, they take two people. That's, it's really important. God can give all. If God, every time you came to church, piled up blessings right here on this altar, and you walked in, you worshiped, you shouted, you stood, you hooped, and you hollered, and you walked out, it didn't mean he didn't give it. It meant that you didn't take it. So whatever you're dealing with today, this is what my challenge is to you. Go take it. Go take it. Go take it with force. Go take it with intentionality. Go walk in until you see it. Go say it until, you, until it starts being coming actual in your life. Just start taking it by force. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.